Today is December the 11th, 2023, on a Monday at 318. And you know what, forgive me for my raspy voice, because the last couple of days I've been having a raspy, scratchy voice, and believe me, I'm working on it now. I'm drinking tea and trying to do everything I'm, I can to get this horrible, horrible, uh, scratching out of my voice because I hate it. I really, really hate it. But hopefully you can hear me okay. And this podcast is about Bishop Carlton Pearson and being called a heretic. And I say that, you know what, from the beginning of time of preachers and women, men, women and men in the ministry, they could have been called a heretic. And everybody, every well-known preacher, teacher, evangelist, teacher, has their own opinion about heaven and hell. But we never called them a heretic. We never disowned them and threw them away like yesterday trash, like we tried to do with Bishop Carlton Pearson. And a week after last now, uh, on a November the 29th, uh, November the 30th, and December the 1st, that was a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, was his celebration of life. And I must add, last night's Spirit and Truth Sanctuary, where D.D. Polk, D.E. Polk, had their own celebration of life for him, because Carlton visited them, uh, the Polk family, and he loved them, and he walked through them, uh, over the years, a whole lot of embarrassing tragedy and chaos in their family. But my thing is that at the celebration of life that was at Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where Mike Todd is the pastor, that place is huge. And I didn't realize when I saw the outside of the building, how huge Transformation Church is. And that place wasn't even packed. I kept wondering, why was the light so dim in there? Because it was full, but it wasn't packed out. If this was 20, 25, even 30 years ago, and Bishop Carter Pearson suddenly passed away, they would have packed out that church. I mean, it would have been standing room only where they had to lock the doors and probably 2,000 people couldn't get in. But because of the last 20 years now, Bishop Carlton Pearson been teaching about his gospel of inclusion. And let's be real. I don't think it's really all about the gospel of inclusion and about hell because Nobody has a heaven or hell to put you in. I think the real underlying issue with with Bishop Carter Pearson is that he openly accepted and, uh, what's the word? Well, I guess he openly accepted the gay community or LGBT community or the same gender loving community because... I didn't know until recently that Bishop Carlton Pearson ordinated uh, uh, Bishop O.C. Allen as a bishop 
he ordained rather uh, as a bishop, and then he was great friends with uh, Bishop Red Flander, and he didn't shy away from it. He didn't hide it. He opened, and then and then he performed several weddings in the gay community, well known, especially uh, Dr. Oral Roberts' grandson. Uh, Dr. Oral Roberts' grandson, well, one of his grandsons came out as gay several years ago, and he, uh, uh, Pastor Carter, officiated his wedding to another man. So I think that was the underlying topic uh, or opposition of calling Bishop Carter Prison a heretic. Because if you look at in the black church or in the black or the uh, gospel community as a whole, but really in the black church, we've always had a phobic type of situation with the gay community. First of all, the gay community have always been part of the church. I remember as a little girl, gay people everywhere at our state convocation at our church at several of the churches I grew up in. Everybody knew who was gay, but they didn't say nothing. A lot of times, it was a pastor's son, a daughter, or one of the members' daughters or son, and everybody knew it. So if we didn't put them out, and we didn't uh, alienate them, what's the problem? And now that the gay community is coming out of the shadows or out of the closet, so to speak, and saying we now we no longer take a back row seat to all y'all y'all use us for y'all music or whatever y'all have going on and then y'all treat us like a two dollar whore and screw us pimp us and use us for your own um uh, sexual advances or just use us period. And then when you don't want to see us anymore, you put us back in the closet. And the, the gay community says, hell no, fuck that. I'm not going to be treated like a stepchild anymore. And now the gay community is just as popular as any other religious community out there. Because believe me, Bishop O.T. Allen is well known. Bishop Yvette Flan is one of the most spiritual, most educated preachers out there, men or women, and there's several others out there that probably I don't even know about, but I know about those two. And to the truth, coming from a very strict Pentecostalism in the grand old Church of God in Christ, they would even, and I think they was both raised in the grand old Church of God in Christ. But they knew they would never be accepted being openly gay. So they started their own denominations, or own ministries, outside of the Church of God in Christ. So I think that's the biggest opposition that everybody had with Bishop Carter Prince. Not that oh, he didn't believe in uh, 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 not that he didn't believe in God, but uh, he he didn't believe in hell and, and all this kind of stuff. And he always says, people make hell here on earth. And then now, lately, I've been seeing several posts where they say, oh, he didn't believe in God or Jesus Christ. 
Tesla first of all, I think for me listening to that is crazy. Bishop Carter Pearson did believe in God. He did believe in Jesus Christ. I think the problem with us all is to me, even to this day, I think God is still a mystery. Not that he's far away, but as as uh we always trying to find new uh, new characteristics of God or trying to redefine them in my life. I mean, personally, in my own relationship with God, when I was growing up as a little kid, God seemed like a far-off, distant person. He, I thought he didn't care about my daily life. He only cared about my spirituality. And... Bishop Carlton Pearson said years ago, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. And I really thought I had a relationship with God because I went to church, I sung in the choir, I was an urchin for a short period of time, I did, I held several positions in the church, like YPW, the secretary. Um, I mean, I was active in the church, well, my mother always had us active in church because she always felt like she didn't want us to be the kids sitting down on Sunday. She wants to be involved. And so we've been involved in every situation. I was a Sunday school teacher for the for the young people in her primary class. So, but at the same time, I thought I had a relationship, and I didn't. I had religion. And it took me a long time. Uh, Bishop Carlton Peterson kept saying that so much it's not about religion, it's about relationship. I really started to believe. And I started to get deprogrammed, to get reprogrammed, and realize I need to really seek God for myself and not what other people, uh, uh, what other people feel God is to them, but I need to know what God is to me. And now I do have a relationship with God. Do do we need to be better? Always. I want to have a better relationship with God every day. But it's definitely a hundred, a thousand times better than when I was a kid, a young teenager. Because I really did thought I had a relationship, and I did. So I think the really underlying situation with Bishop Carlton Pierce and that he openly accepted the gay community and he didn't apologize for it. He didn't shy away from it. He hit it head on. And when I think of all the bishops that Bishop Carlton Pierce ordained, and there was only a handful of bishops there, like Bishop Michael Murphy and Bishop Gary McIntosh and um, Bishop Stephen, I think his name is Stephen White. And uh, Bishop O.C. Allen came, even though Bishop Yvonne, Yvette Flounder didn't come because they said she couldn't come nine times out of ten because she was gay and she couldn't have words because, like I said, Bishop Carter and and her were really, really, really good friends. And she decided to hop out, and I can't blame her. Uh, why come somewhere where you know you're going to be disrespected? So she stayed home, but she is, but there is one last celebration on December the 18th, which is next Monday, uh, at, at Atlanta, Georgia, with uh, Larry Reed. And thank God I've already um, signed up with his Patreon. Thank you, Lord. And 
I know Bishop Yvette Flotman is going to be there. And I think Reverend O.C. Allen and several others are going to be there. And uh, I, I can't wait for that. But you know what? One thing, uh, when Bishop Carter Pearson passed away on uh, November the 19th, 2023, on a Sunday, which is crazy. And that was my sister's birthday. Well, as Larry Reed said, like a week later or so, uh, actually, he said the last week, if I'm not mistaken, that Bishop Carter Pearson really didn't die of cancer. He really died of a broken heart. And you know what? I really believe that. I think cancer was just a byproduct. But he was feeling so rejected and dejected by the very same people who he helped. Because he said many times, he bailed people out of jail. He gave them money so they could, I guess, take care of their families and put gas in their car and have food to eat. And nobody checked on him. He said with a, a interview with Bishop George Blumen that nobody came to see, hey, man, are you okay? Are you and your wife okay? Are your kids okay? Y'all need anything? He said nobody came to his rescue. And I think, I don't I haven't really studied cancer and what the symptoms are, but I have to be worried and 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 taking on unwanted stress can cause cancer where it starts to eat at your body and starts to affect your organs. And that's what happened. Over 20 years ago, he said he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And I believe those symptoms came because, and, and, and the crazy part is, 20 years ago was when he started his gospel of inclusion, and that's when he was diagnosed with cancer. And I think at the same time, he was dealing with a lot of rejection, and it started to affect his body then. And, and I am so grateful that God gave him 20 extra years that we got to uh, be under his teaching. His uh, weekly program on on Facebook and YouTube, self consciousness. Um, I'm gonna miss seeing him on Tuesday evenings at eight thirty. And I think slowly but surely the reality is sinking in that Bishop Carter Pearson is really really gone. And I wrote in my post uh, when I was watching the truth. Uh, 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 truth and sanctuary, I get uh, truth, spirit and truth, uh, celebration of service for Bishop Carter Pearson yesterday. I wrote in there that we really need to pray for Majesty more and Julian Pierce and his kids because I think slowly but surely, even for me, reality is setting in that Bishop Carter Pearson is really gone. And now that I know everybody is kind of probably going back home and to their daily life, they are feeling the effects of, of their father not being there where they can just go and see him or talk to him, especially majesty who live with him. And um, my heart goes out to them because 70 years old is not old. It's not old, especially when we live in a society today where people live into the 80s, 90s, and a lot of 100s, and 
I, I didn't know Mother Pearson was 94 years old, but his mother is still living. And it's, I can only imagine seeing her son in the casket when she thought that uh, he would be bearing her, not him bearing, not she bearing him. And it's a shock. And the crazy thing is he's the first sibling out of all his siblings to to die. And that's shocking to me. So I think really, like Larry said, I think Bishop Carter Pearson really died of a broken heart. And because nobody came to see him. And it's evidenced by especially the the uh, Episcopal Celebration and Transformation Church with Mike Todd last uh, last week, last Friday on December 1st. I mean, that don't make sense to me. And I remember going to Azusa in the 90s. That was the, that was the height of the Azusa conference. And my thing is this. Nobody had a problem when Bishop Carter Pearson asked them to come to Azusa. They rearranged their schedule, dropped whatever they had to do, a council, whatever they had to council to get there to Tulsa and be at Azusa because they knew if they made it to Azusa, their career was practically set. And now that he started teaching his gospel of inclusion, they act like he, he, just like everybody else, they want to call him a heretic. But they wouldn't have a ministry if it wasn't for Bishop Carter Pearson. Yes, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Yes, Donna McTharkin. What the hell was that? What else was Michael, uh, Michael Pittson, uh, Clarence, Bishop Clarence McClinton, and so many, and, and Bishop Marvin Winers. These people practically live at Azusa. They wouldn't be where they are if it wasn't for Bishop Carter Pearson. And a lot of these people I know today, the only way I know them, if if I didn't grow up with watching them uh, in Kojic, as a little girl, I wouldn't know half of these people right now. And they got their visibility through Bishop Carlton Pearson. So it is so crazy to me that he's dead. I'm pissed off because somebody should have came and see about him. Now, don't get me wrong. There were several people who did come and see him. That's why I will always honor David Smith and Malachi Gross and Bishop, uh, um, not Bishop, but Pastor D.E. Polk and uh, several others. But the main people who benefited, and then we're not going to talk about the women that Bishop G, uh, that uh, Bishop Carlton Pearson put on, like uh, Juanita Bynum and uh, Maria Gardner Thomas Langston and uh, the late great Dr. Fuchsia Pickett and uh, I guess uh, uh, Dr. Alberta Tompkins, she's deceased as well because I don't hear nothing about her or Bishop uh, Jackie McCullough or the late great Bishop Iona Lott. He now put, he, Bishop Carlton Pearson not only launched the men, but he launched a lot of the women too. And musicians and singers. Where the hell was all these people? And so, and you know what? I want to give a big shout out to Dr. Judy Christie McAllister because 
she grew up in the Church of God in Christ. She's from the Church of God in Christ. And all the singers from the Clark sisters to uh, Andre Crouch to the Harker family to um, Fred Hammond, that he did acknowledge uh, Bishop Clark's position. But I don't think he was there either. Um, so many people. But I was shocked that she showed up. And I didn't know either that Bishop Carlton Pearson married her and Darren uh, in 1988. And she was the first music director for the Elusive Music. I didn't know that. But I uh, I will always have the greatest respect for Dr. Judy Christina Caperson because she honored him the way she, the way he should have been on it, and I will always have respect for uh, Donald Lawrence because he showed up, and Rick, Ricky Dillard showed up, and he was there for all the services uh, uh, week before last as well, and I'm like, thank you, Lord, but my thing is, where's all these other people? But you know what? You know what? I, I think what I'm thinking now. You know what? When people act funny with you after they got what they wanted, the best thing you can do is just let their ass go. And I think Bishop Carlton Pearson was so hurt, it affected his body. Where the same time he started preaching the gospel inclusion was the same time he got diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. And you know what I learned? Uh, sometimes you cannot um, micromanage people. You would love to. Don't we all love them? We love to micromanage people. We want them to feel what we feel. But you know what? Some people just don't 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 uh feel what you feel. They get what they want and they go about their business. And sometimes you know what you have to do? Just let it go. And I wish Bishop Carter Pearson would have let it go. It's so easy for me to say when I know he probably did so much for so many people. You know, I usually I recently started calling Bishop Carter Pearson the clean up man because he cleaned up so many people messes. But I wouldn't call uh, Bishop Carlton Pearson being in a in a scandal because he wasn't in a scandal. He just had a new train of thought that he said God gave him or that was revealed to him. My thing is this: if Bishop Carlton Pearson had uh, was beating up his wife or was cheating on her or was having babies all over the place like most of these preachers are now, that they cheating on their wives with men and women. I guess we would have restored him and forgave him and put him back in the pulpit. Because you, but you mean to tell me, just because he had a new train of thought, which was called a gospel inclusion, we going to throw him away? You got to be joking. Bishop Carlton Pearson is one of the few people who knew Oral Roberts, who knew Catherine Coogan, who knew Bishop J.A. Blake Sr., who knew Bishop G.E. Patterson, who uh, knew Bishop, uh, I think I said Bishop J.A. Blake Sr., who else? He knew these people, uh, and Billy Graham. I mean, he sat with them. He knew them, and they knew him. And... 
we handled, I think uh, Bishop Michael Murphy said it best in a clip that uh, we handled Bishop Carter Fisher wrong. Yeah, y'all handled him wrong. Y'all used him. And then when he was not on TBN anymore, when he didn't have the number one program, y'all threw him away. That shit pissed me off. So, you know what? It is so crazy. So, you know what? I I just want to say, I don't think we really are distant. I don't think other people are distant themselves just because of using so-called heritage. I think they distant themselves because he openly accepted the gay community full, full heartedly. And he wanted and he was unapologetic. So you know what? The only thing that gives me any comfort right now in knowing that he's not here is that he's in the arms of Jesus. He really is. And that he won't have to worry about no more sickness, no more pain, no more hospitals. Uh, that was a picture that Julian put up on his uh, Instagram page where Bishop Carson Pearson was on a walker. And I didn't even know that. Uh, which is sad when I saw it. But you know what? At least you don't have to worry about fake friends or frenemies. And what I call a frenemy, that's a person who claims to be your friend, but they're really your enemy. And he don't have to worry about people having his back or people stabbing him in the back. So my thing is rest in peace, Bishop Carter Pearson. You will never be forgotten. I see you when I see you. My add-on to my last podcast uh, with Bishop Carter Pearson, inherited or not, is that uh, Bishop Michael Murphy and Bishop Noah Jones have given their own perspective or eulogy on Bishop Carter Pearson and his untimely death. And my perspective first on Bishop Michael Murphy, I think it was last Sunday he went on a rampage about how the church didn't handle Bishop Carter Pearson, right? And that's true. And then Bishop Noel Jones gave his own, in his office, personal eulogy. And my only problem with both of these people why didn't they speak up when he was alive? They waited till he's dead in the casket, in the grave. And then they want to speak up. I'm like, both of these men are well known. I wish they would have done that when he was alive, where he could hear it. But you know what? It's just like people. They can't tell you that in their face or to their face. They have to wait until you're dead and gone. But you know what, I guess it's better than nothing. But I just wish these two and so many others, and and rightfully so, they didn't benefit from Bishop Carter Pearson that I know of, or Azusa. But them speaking out now, I wish they would have did that while he was still living. Oh, well, I see you when I see you. This is another add-on to my podcast, Bishop Carlton Pearson, A Heretic or Not. 
And I just want to say that I saw a video um, of Paula Price uh, that Larry Reed put out. Uh, I guess it was earlier, a couple of hours ago, but I just saw the video about 30 minutes ago where she denounces Bishop Carlton Pearson and she curses his ministry and curses his doctrine, the, go- the gospel of inclusion. And, you know, my two things are this. You need to be real, real careful about cursing someone, especially if you haven't followed Bishop Carter's teaching or read the Gospel of Inclusion, the book. Because whatever you curse can reverse back to you. So be careful what you put your mouth on. And be careful how you tread because all of that stuff that you put out could come back on you. And my other analogy is still to so many people who benefited from Bishop Carlton Pearson uh, and his Azusa conference, or they preached at his church. And I was thinking so many of these people are still living off of the residue of their connection to Bishop Carlton Pearson. And you know why I say that? Because they still living in big houses, driving nice cars, dressing the way they want to, eating the way they want to, traveling all over the world, and having successful ministries. And I'm not saying they could, they didn't already have the gift or whatever that gift was before they met Bishop Carlton Pearson. But believe me, they gifts and they talents show. They gifts and talents was exposed rather onto a national audience that that they couldn't have gotten by themselves if it had not been for Bishop Carlton Pearson. And so, I just want to say to all the people who benefited, remember that when you drive up in your nice car to your nice home and your kids went to private school and you get to uh, uh, give generation wealth to the next generation, you didn't get that by yourself. Remember, Bishop Carlton Pearson helped you. And also, I lately I've been calling Bishop Carlton Pearson the cleanup man because he cleaned up so many people's messes. And I was just thinking, I guess last week, and it's a sad thing that I even thought this, but I have a feeling a lot of people are happy he's dead and in the grave because Bishop Carlton Pearson had so much dirt on so many people that it would have destroyed their ministry or whatever ministry they had left. And some people probably happy that now that he's in the grave, they don't have to worry about these little secrets getting out. But I've never heard Bishop Carson Pearson ever oust anyone. And I don't think he ever would have. But I have a feeling there's a 
few that are really, really happy. He's not here anymore because they don't have to worry about their secrets being out. And but for for those of us who really love Bishop Carter Pearson, we are sad. And like I said before, Bishop Carter Pearson, your legacy will live forever, and you will never ever be forgotten. I see you when I see you.